Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 67. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier on in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at Journeyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going with you? Hey, John, I'm doing great. I had a couple laughs there. Couldn't, couldn't stop laughing. We're both pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Great, Nick. Hey, uh, episode 67 is actually the second half of a uh, interview we did with I'm John White, I, owner of a mentoring school, I believe, works at Google, went to the cloud. That's it. That's it. Um, right. So we recorded what we thought was one episode of an update of me and my career progression and the job I took at Google Cloud and any lessons that I thought that I'd learned. And it ended up being long enough that, you know, and not enough stuff to cut that we just decided to turn it into two episodes. So if you haven't listened to episode 66, the first half of this, you might want to check that out. Um, if you just don't care, um, here is the rest of the interview with uh, one more time. John White. All right, here it is. Let the grilling continue. So as a result of making this change, John, has your professional development strategy changed at all based on our previous talks? I think a lot of the skills and a lot of the strategies and tactics that we've kind of talked about, you know, I used in this process. Um, I applied everything that we talked about in my HR screening calls, everything that we talked about in my initial interviews and and uh, Google does this on-site kind of, you know, four-hour interview uh, process, not one four-hour interview. It's like broken up into three interviews and, and multiple breaks. But, um, you know, all of those things, like, you know, I, I knew who I was. I knew what I was good at. And, you know, I took every opportunity to prepare. You know, the Google was pretty good about having a document you know, already ready of like, here's what all the interviews are and here's what we're looking for. And, you know, I bet that you can imagine some of the questions that we're going to ask you and you should probably think about those questions that you think we're going to ask you and prepare, you know, more than one answer. And, you know, I took all that advice and it, it was, it was, you know, correct and great and it worked out. So, yeah. Okay. Now, as far as internal opportunities for advancement, do you feel like you have just as many, if not more, now that you've made the change? Yeah, I mean, I hate to say this, like it's difficult to compare, you know, to employers. Um, I, I don't want to say that um, there wasn't 
room for advancement and growth at VMware. That's just not true. Like I had great managers who were pushing me to get new skills to advance. You know, I was promoted multiple times. So, you know, room for advancement, room for growth, you know, was definitely there. That I would say maybe the difference with Google is that as an organization, it's fairly young, but has ambitious growth goals and funding from Alphabet and, you know, Google writ large, right? So Google Cloud is the organization that I work for that sells, you know, cloud infrastructure and value-added services, data warehousing, you know, all, all those types of things. Um, and like I said, it feels like it's working for a startup. The startup just happens to be funded by Google and housed in Google and provided with all those Google perks, right? So it's, um, uh, it's not a startup, right? Like it's it's part of the parent organization, but um, but it feels like it. So the the growth, you know, and the actual growth that's happening and the growth targets, you know, as far as like increasing headcount, you know, um, and those kinds of things are seem very ambitious, right? You know, somebody like informally, and in, you know, said, hey, maybe we should have a discussion about, you know, anybody who wants to become a manager, like if that's in or, you know, if you, that's one of your goals and you can see that, then like sit down with your manager and talk about, you know, a path to do that because we're going to need more managers because we're hiring more people, you know, so, you know, that, and they're just very open about that and saying, this is, this is what we need. You know, we're, if we hire them from outside, that works too. But if we can find people inside and, and hire more customer engineers, then that'll, that'll be another path. Right. So. Okay. <clears throat> now tell me about family life, John, has that changed at all since you made this decision to make a move? And did you apply any of the same ideas that Mike Burkhart talked about in his interview where he decided, here's what I want life to be like? Yeah. I, I wish that I'd heard Mike's advice ahead of time. Um, because, you know, that would have been something that I actually weighed. Uh, I did not anticipate how big of a change going into the office, you know, more regularly versus working from home more regularly would be, right? So um, when I worked at VMware, I actually, you know, live near the headquarters. So I would go into uh, headquarters, you know, probably at least once a week, you know, I was doing the VMware Communities Roundtable podcast, and that was every Wednesday. So, you know, going in every Wednesday at the very least was was, you know, in the cards. But um, it's a little bit different when that's where you do your primary work, and when and I guess by primary work I mean you know that's when you're spending your primary work hours. So, um, you know, whereas with the Communities Roundtable podcast on on Wednesdays, I could you know go in at 1130, you know, when the podcast started at 12 or sometimes 1159 when the podcast started at 12. Um, and, you know, whereas like, you know, primary work hours, like, you know, I mean, if you roll into the office at, at noon, you know, like every once in a while, that's probably okay. But, you know, most likely you're, you know, again, kind of primary like work hours would, would make sense for you. 
Now you hinted at some flexibility in your work hours earlier in our discussion. Do you have to be there a set nine to five, eight to four, seven to three, anything like that? Um, no, I, I don't think anybody said anything about that. I think, you know, getting your work done and, and being present um, for meetings and things like that is, is probably more of the emphasis. And, and now that I think about it, you know, um, I, I definitely have seen people there, you know, at six in the morning, but like, you know, they might go to there at six in the morning because they work out in the gym and then they take a shower and then they eat breakfast. Right. And I think the earliest that I've probably been there is like seven because that's when they start serving breakfast and good choice. That's how I roll. <laughs> you have um, to follow the free meat. <laughs> yes. So at least in San Francisco, you know, they, they're scrambled eggs every day, but bacon is only on Wednesdays. So yeah, that's pretty important. Smoked salmon on Fridays. So, um, you know, those are the two important, important days to be there. Uh, no, I'm just joking about that. Uh, you know, I, I think that part of the benefit of being there, you know, every day is that all your colleagues are there too. So I don't know if this was your experience, you know, in like team meetings or, or quarterly briefings or, you know, business reviews or anything like that. But a lot of times I get together with my fellow solution engineers at VMware and we bounce ideas off of each other or, you know, ask questions and say, hey, you know, how, what do you think about this? I'm running into this. And then inevitably at the end, we'd say, man, we should do this more often. And then we wouldn't. Right. Yep. Well, that kind of thing happens every day in the office of Google. So I don't, I, I actually have never worked um, as an inside SE, um, you know, where you're kind of more like in a call center situation. Um, but, um, you know, I imagine that that's a benefit in that situation. I, I just assume, but uh, you know, it's definitely something that I'm seeing as, as a benefit, you know, seeing my colleagues every day means that if I have, you know, questions about training or questions about priorities or, you know, should I be doing this or that? Hey, what's the way that we do this? You know, what's the, the googly way to get this done? Um, how often is it okay to say googly? Uh, you know, all of those kinds of questions are questions that I can ask my colleagues, you know, just because we bump into each other because we're sitting near each other, um, you know, and which isn't to say like, you know, we just go into the office nine to five and grind it out. You know, there's customer meetings, uh, you know, Hey, I, you know, to take care of this thing and I'm going to work half day from home and half day in the office, you know, all those things happen. So, you know, it's just, I, I don't know, at least for me, like I thought, you know, listen, the, the first year that I'm here, I'm going to be in the office, you know, five days a week. If, if that feels reasonable, you know, um, and, you know, they give me the freedom to, to do that or not. Right. But I just, I need to make those relationships, meet those people. And this isn't something that I just came to on my own. You know, I got guidance from other people um, who had gone through the situation, you know, gone through the adjustment, even, even, you know, who had gone through the adjustment from VMware, you know, I had, I reached out to some of those people and said, Hey, you know, what's it like? What, what should I expect? And, and they, you know, gave me a lot of great feedback and guidance. So, 
um, yeah, uh, you know, that just being in the office like that, that change, um, you know, getting back to your original question of, of, you know, personal life, like that means that I don't have the freedom to, you know, if my wife is working from home and I'm working from home in the mornings, then we can, you know, bump into each other and have that same type of like personal, you know, interaction, you know, during the day, you know, so I'm away from her and she's here or she's at her job, you know, working. Um, and that means that we're just apart more, you know, whereas before I could take a 15 minute break and she could take a 15 minute break and we could just, you know, face to face catch up. And, and that's something that we just don't seem to have the, the freedom to do now. And that that's a loss. You know, if, if you had that before, most people don't have that, right? Most people are working in an office and, and we're just kind of privileged to have this, you know, had this, in my case, have had this job where, you know, the, the expectation was that I was doing most of my job from home, um, to give up, you know, that privilege, um, is a big blow, right? So you have to figure out what the cost of that is and, you know, are you being compensated enough if, you know, that's one question, you know, in money or opportunity or, or whatever. And I, I felt like it was worth it, you know, and, and other people said to me, Hey, you know, for the first year, maybe you, you, you're there five days a week, you know, nine to four or eight to four or whatever it is, but, you know, and then maybe you back off. Maybe at that point you've made the connections that you need to make. You have, you know, uh, relationships with the people you need to have and, and maybe you're rolling into the office at 1030 every day or, you know, you know, working there from, you know, noon to four or, you know, or whatever makes sense. You know, you reassess at that point, but you probably in that first year need to build as many relationships in person as possible. And and I found that to be extremely valuable. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, you there's nothing that can compare with the in-person meeting and relationship development that comes from that. And I know that there've been a lot of folks at VMware that I've talked to on the phone, but never met in person. And, you know, once I meet them in person, it just makes it that much easier to reach out to them again. But I agree with you. The proximity within sight allows you to be more open to ask people around you for help. And I think maybe when we're out there in the field and not in close proximity to somebody, we might feel like, well, I'm not sure who to ask because a little bit of the out of sight, out of mind problem. Right. Oh, hey, I, I do have teammates I could reach out to ask. I just don't talk to them enough to remember to do that. As simple as that sounds. Yeah. But uh, another thing I was going to ask you, John, speaking of proximity, is your manager local? Is he, work out, he or she work out of the office as well? Or is this remote management? No, no, he he's there in the same office as well. Okay, um, and that goes to for the the sales manager and the sales reps that we're covering. They all work out of the same office in San Francisco. In fact, that's how at least you know Google seems to be organizing their teams is um, when they can by geography. So you know, at least in the Bay Area, there's there's multiple offices, right? There's the ones down in uh, Mountain View, Sunnyvale and uh, where headquarters is and then the ones up in uh, san francisco and those are are separate teams and those teams you know are located 
usually it seems in one place or the other. It's not like, um, you know, half of our team is in uh, Sunnyvale and half of it is in San Francisco. It's everybody's in San Francisco or everybody's in Sunnyvale. At least I think that's the way it works. I'm three months in. <laughs> sure. Still learning. Yeah. I'll have to follow up with you down the road and see if that's still the case. Right. I, I, I've definitely, um, by the way, I, I want to clarify this. I've definitely met colleagues who were located in geographies where there was no Google office. So they were 100% field. So those positions also exist at, at Google cloud. You know, it's not, you know, Oh, we don't have an office there. We don't cover it. <laughs> right. Like nobody works there. No, nah, it's, it's that's definitely not the case. So, um, yeah. Uh, but you know, my experience is like pretty, you know, specific to me, I guess. <laughs> sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, how about this one? What do you miss the most about VMware? Oh, that's easy. Um, I miss the people, right? So I was, you know, I had great colleagues, um, and, a uh, great manager, great director. Um, I really enjoyed interacting with my customers. And I, you know, I, I felt like pretty good about, you know, maybe one-on-one -on -one reaching out to my colleagues. And I just haven't really felt comfortable like reaching out to my, you know, people I knew as customers to say, hey, I'm at Google Cloud now. Do you want to like, you know, go out and um, grab lunch? Like, that, you know, just feels a little bit slimy, like, uh, like I'm, like I'm asking them to move over. So if they reach out to me, then I'm happy to, to say hello. I just, I didn't want to, um, you know, feel that way. Right. Like as if like our interactions were me asking them to come over and, and be a customer at this new place that I'm working. Um, so, uh, sure. I kind of, you know, held back from doing that, but you know, I, I did have like, you know, what felt like, like pretty good personal relationships with some of those people, you know, at least we interacted, you know, on a, you know, not strictly, you know, business relationship. We would just chat about, you know, a bunch of other things when we were together or, you know, hang out at VMworld and, you know, talk about a bunch of other things. And, and so, you know, I kind of miss, I, I don't know why I drew, you know, drew this line. I didn't even, I, I don't think realize it until, you know, you just asked me, um, but yeah, like former customers, um, you know, that I was directly covering, um, I, I didn't reach out to, and, you know, for the most part, we haven't, haven't really talked. That's an interesting point. I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, as far as colleagues that you interacted with at VMware, have you been able to keep in touch with them since you moved? How's that going? Um, yeah. So, I've, you know, you and I do a podcast. So my new goal is to do a podcast with every single, you know, former colleague. And that way we have at least some excuse. Now that that's, that, that's not scalable. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've, uh, I've texted people, you know, I, what's unfortunate is that I didn't even like, it was kind of, you know, my decision was sudden enough that I didn't really take the time or prioritize the time to reach out to everybody that I valued as a colleague to say, Hey, I'm moving, I'm leaving. Um, here's where I'll be. Here's, here's all my contact info. So I've had kind of trickles of people reaching out to me on LinkedIn going, Hey, <laughs> how are you doing? I didn't realize you weren't at VMware and me going, yeah, so sorry. Um, I just ran out of time to reach out to everybody. And I, I, I didn't, you know, 
you know, take my, uh, my contact, you know, my like work, like outlook, uh, you know, contacts with me. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if that was like, you know, legally required, but I, I just felt like ethically that would be the right thing to do is not take all my contacts with me. So, um, you know, sometimes I just lost, you know, the list of people that I was keeping in contact with. I think I was pretty good about adding everybody on LinkedIn, like as I went along. So, um, you know, I, I do have that way of reaching out to people though. Um, so, you know, I felt pretty comfortable saying, you know, um, Hey, let's, uh, go grab lunch or, you know, since I'm at Google now, Hey, if you're going to be in the city, come to Google and we'll have lunch here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> or we can meet in Mountain View and we'll go to one of the Google offices there or Sunnyville. <laughs> Wherever it's not going to cost me money for lunch, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so in other words, John's learned to be more frugal in interactions with former colleagues and in general. I'm very frugally, yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, it's a, it's a challenge because, you know, when you're leaving, you have so many things to think about in a sales role. If you want to try and do the right thing, then you're probably thinking about how do I make sure the people who are taking over for me have all the information on the customers so that they can be serviced properly. And it's not like we build out this intricate web of all the people we talk to frequently or semi-frequently so that we can make sure we go down the list and say, Hey, I'm moving on. Let's keep in touch. I just, it's one of those things where you only think about that at specific times and you're not going to remember them all. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I wish that I had done exactly that, right. Kind of taken, like made a list and said, like, here's the people, like if I ever needed to walk out the door, here's all the people that I would, you know, want to keep in, make sure that, you know, I sent out a goodbye email. Like, I, I guess you just don't think about that, right? Like here's, no, you don't. here's my goodbye mailing list, you know, day three at a new company. Right. So when, when do you do that? And, you know, I, I guess, you know, that's a lesson learned for me, right. Is to, you know, at some point in time, you want to make sure that you can like, email all those people and let them know and give them your contact information and say, you know, I'm still here or here's where I'll be or, or whatever it is that you, you do want to say. Um, and I think I probably, you know, prioritized making a transition, you know, making sure that all of my customers were smoothly transitioned as much of a brain dump as I could, you know, because I, I don't know, I, people have done that for me in the past. And then, you know, follow up by saying, well, actually, let me get a copy of my notes. You know, um, Chris Murdoch, I'm thinking about you, you know, just over and over again. But, you know, I wasn't going to have the freedom to do that, right? Because I was walking out the door, so I wasn't going to take my notes with me, right? So, um, again, I don't know if that's like a legal thing, but it just felt like ethically it was the right thing to do. So I wanted to make sure to like upload them to a place you know, internally, like on an internal network where people had access to it, but also, you know, going through three years of notes is sometimes like, you know, useless, like here's, you know, what you need to know. And, and, you know, like that seems like a little bit more valuable, you know? And so, um, 
you know, the, a compromise between, you know, doing those two things was pretty important to me, you know, like making sure that, you know, the raw stuff was available, but making sure that, you know, like, here's what John thinks is really important. And here's a map of the organization as I know it. And here's, you know, all the business issues as I understand them. And, you know, here's the order that I would approach things, you know, but, you know, figure that, you know, you maybe do your own priorities on your own, you know, but here's what I think, you know, as a snapshot as of this time, right? So, um, yeah, all those things were things that I did. And I spent, you know, maybe more time doing that and not enough time thinking about continuity with the people that were important colleagues to me. And uh, if there was like one major thing that I would do differently, it would be, you know, to maintain that list ahead of time so that I, you know, because I don't know that I could have taken less time with my, you know, customer transition and brain dumps of, you know, the their states. So, you know, just making sure that, you know, all the colleagues that I needed to keep in touch with, you know, I had, you know, all that information somewhere else and, or, you know, in a place where I could, you know, hit, you know, copy paste, here's my goodbye email, you know, here's all my personal contact information for all of you to have. Yeah. And maybe that's something to, to add as a footnote to the unexpected opportunities, unexpected career opportunities, um, segments we did starting with episode 53. Maybe that should just be part of the iterative preparation or checklist that we do there. Cause it's not, you know, how many times are you going to exit a company gracefully over the course of your, I don't know, 40 years in the workplace or more? Who knows? Yeah, yeah no, it's it's very true, right? And I think that we talked about um, having, you know, that list of things like, you know, when you leave a company, it's, you know, and you don't have access to the internal directory, you don't have access to like, well, what's the, the HR phone number? You know, what's the like employment, like issues phone number? So, like I want, I wanted to make sure that I had some of that stuff to like, well, if I had like, if I don't get my tax documents, who do I call? You know, like those kinds of things. Um, and there was, you know, people's contacts. I had my phone, like my manager, like, you know, so I could always reach out to, to some people like that. But um, yeah, like, you know, all those other things that we just talked about, like, you know, it's just kind of um, outside of my experience and it wasn't something that I'd really taken into account. And it was, it was a learning experience. Definitely. So as we get close to wrapping here, John, what would you say are other lessons you've learned after making this change that you'd like to share? Um, I think that something that I said early on holds, and I don't mean earlier on in this episode, it was early on in the podcast. I think when I joined VMware as an SE, I had kind of targeted that as my dream job. And when you get a dream job, you have to immediately come up with a new dream, right? So just being an SE at VMware couldn't be the end goal because I had achieved it. So what's next? It's being, you know, more senior, more highly skilled, more effective, you know, and then later on it was, it became, you know, making sure that those skills you know, I can't have every single skill in the in the arsenal, right? There's just too many skills to, to master. So what are the things that I'm best at and that I enjoy the most and concentrate on, on 
you know, kind of making sure that I'm highly skilled at that because, you know, again, on any team, it's, it's like a manager is going to look at their team and say, well, they have a portfolio of skills. So, you know, when somebody looks at, at me as a member of that team, I want them to have a clear picture of, you know, what it is that I'm bringing to that team, right? It's, is it business acumen or is it the ability to, you know, quickly spin up on, on technical subjects or is it building a home lab? Well, it's not building a home lab. So what are, what are the other things that it could, it could be? And, uh, um, yeah. And, and making sure that, you know, I had, you know, clarity on, I think what I said was like, you know, John White as a product, right. As a customer engineer or sales engineer product, what it is, what is that product and what is it that I'm bringing? And so, you know, in, in slightly more general terms, it could be, you know, in any role, right. It doesn't have to be a sales engineering role. Maybe it's more of a tech marketing role, or, um, I think at, uh, Google cloud, for Google in general, it seems to be more described as developer relations, you know, that role, you know, what does that require? What does that look like? You know, do any of my skills, like, you know, are they portable to that? If, if, you know, technical marketing is something that I want to get into, um, or product marketing or product management or, you know, any, any of a number of, you know, related, uh, roles, you know, maybe I want to work at a, an actual startup. You know, what, what would the portfolio skills that would be most valuable for that look like? You know, these are all things that I think that I wish that I had thought about ahead of time. Right. And I was like maybe way more focused on, uh, my VMware career as a pure VMware career Eh, lesson learned. Right. Yeah. It sounds like you're encouraging people to dream in bands, just like episode 19, one of my favorites, man. Whoever gave that advice was brilliant. Yep. I would agree. (laughs) That actually came out on a phone call with a buddy of ours. So you know who you are if you're listening. But okay, John, any any last parting advice or comments? Uh, No, I think don't think so. Uh, Just a reminder again that we'd like people to subscribe and give us a positive view on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We want to know if we're being helpful. And of course, we're always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at Nerd Journey. Farewell, listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm Nick Cordy at Network Nerd underscore for John White at V Journeyman. Signing off. Adios. Peace.